Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? And welcome to the first episode of Logger Room Talk. That's kind of, kind of douchey. All right. <laughs> first time you ever drank in your life. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, this is our first episode of Logger Room Talk. My name is Chris Cardenas, and I'm joined by co-host Matthew Higginbotham. What's up, Matt? What up, Chris? How's it going? So, on the podcast today, uh, and going forward, we're going to talk about a couple things. Talk about what's going on uh, around sports, especially the NFL. Um, today, we're going to go over the draft because that was the biggest sporting event we've had since this whole COVID-19 lockdown. So, everyone's pretty excited about that. We both love beer. Grew up in SoCal. Tons of good breweries around here. Um, so, we're going to do a little review to start off the episode. All right, cool. So, hey, why don't you start off? What are you drinking? Yeah, today we're getting a little can action. Going the Guavadilla. Guavadilla for all you locals uh, from Golden Road. Got a big place right down the street from my house. Um, it's in that same same line kind of as their mango cart, melon cart. Um, those are the kind of light, fruity ales. Definitely a great springtime, summertime beer. So, uh, better to be drinking daily. outside. But Yeah, it sounds like a good yeah, for today. Tough it's to drink inside. <laughs> Oh yeah, big big heat wave. All right, well over here I got the uh, the eight hundred five action. Um, it's a slow beer. It's where I went to school. Um, nice blonde beer, easy going, easy to drink. Just a casual Sunday night beer, nothing crazy. But yeah, everything everything's good. Yeah, Just man, been, been crushing through the whole uh, the whole Golden Road series out here. <laughs> spending these last couple <laughs> spending these last couple of days watching the draft. Just keeping Golden Road in business or what? Just single-handedly, single-handedly, <laughs> single-handedly reviving the uh, <laughs> the brewery business, making sure they don't go out of, out of business. All right, so uh, so today, what we got on the episode is uh, we're just gonna go over some winners and losers of the NFL draft. Hick and I put together who we think had the best drafts and who we think had the worst drafts, uh, and we want to see whether we line up with our our picks. Yeah, so, so I think we should start off with the losers yeah let's do it got a couple honorable mentions going on here yeah who you got? Uh, definitely think definitely think jake Fromm mm. uh counts as an honorable mention took a big slide really don't like the scheme fit out in buffalo you know you're backing up josh allen who's a big-armed mobile quarterback and then you got jake Fromm, small arm high iq but small arm and and really slow feet so I just don't think he ended up in a great situation, and he's like was like fifth round pick, so that always hurts. A couple yeah, other man. ones I got here, the Texans. Uh, oh. Bill O'Brien's just a clown. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're an absolute clown. Yeah, I got him spotlighted right here. Just the entire draft oh, was yeah. an L. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a chance they even came close to to filling in some of those gaps that they traded these picks for. So I mean, you're just really taking a downhill turn right here. Yeah, you're not only depleting the roster, but you're not really feeling it. I mean, they they brought in Isaiah Coulter. That's the only receiver they drafted, and he's just not even, not even in the realm of DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't know what they were doing, but. Yeah, I mean, someone get Bill out of there. And then my last quick honorable perfectly before the synchronized deep sip right there. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. seriously. It was the family chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the last uh, <laughs> the last quick shout out is the Raiders. I just 
I mean, they like talent evaluation aside, they could have gotten great players. But I just think uh, it really shows that there's not really any savvy GM uh, in the team as far as you know trading back, getting good value, kind of feeling around. So I was yeah. kind of disappointed to see that, you know. Yeah, I mean, first round comes around and they just surprise everyone with Damon Arnett when there were significantly higher ranked corners on everyone's board. Yeah, I mean, and, and hey, they could they could prove us all wrong. Their draft last year worked out pretty well for them. I just yeah, think I, um, a more experienced GM probably would have traded back, still picked up the guys he wanted, and uh, also added some capital. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I don't think Damon Arnett needed to be picked at 19. I think he could have been picked a little bit deeper. Yeah, definitely. Maybe even a day two guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think most people had him ranked third round. They could have traded back in the early two, got him there. But we'll see. Could pan out. Yeah, could pan out. And then it's lucky that you got him on a five-year deal instead of just four years. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm going to start off with my third biggest loser. We'll work up to the top. Um, My biggest loser of the draft, I got the Chargers. At number three? Yeah, number three. Uh, re- reason why, I think they got really good players. I think uh, I think they did all right drafting-wise. I just think they didn't hit the needs they needed to fill, and I don't think that the players that they picked were really necessary. So the first round, they went Justin Herbert at quarterback, six overall. It's a good pick. I think they were hoping for Tua, personally. I think, um, I think the way that Anthony Lynn wants to run that offense, he wants more of a mobile quarterback like Tyrod Taylor. I think Tua would have been a better fit than Justin Herbert, but – yeah, I don't think that was their primary guy. And then they trade back up into round one with Kenneth Murray. Um, see, another pick that I like. I like Kenneth Murray as a player, great player, but the need just isn't there. Uh, they already got Denzel Perriman. They got Kaiser White. You got that other guy, uh, Vigil. I don't think they <laughs> – That would... other guy kind of sounds like there's a need there. <laughs> yeah, but to draft a, f- a first-round middle linebacker, I don't know. I think they had other needs yeah, no, I, on the I on the board it. at O at O tackle protect. Yeah. If you're going to go quarterback in the first, you should probably protect him, not ramp up your top ranked defense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of funny though that you say the Chargers because it's I actually had them in my notes and I crossed them out in my honorable mentions. You know, because I was sitting there and I was like, oh man, if I was the Chargers, I would have drafted either a top O tackle or Isaiah Simmons at that yeah. first pick and then circled back around and you know they could have traded back up for Jordan Love or uh, Jalen Hurts. But then, you know, I started thinking about it like, okay, maybe maybe Herbert was their guy on the board, and maybe Kenneth Murray was – Kenneth Murray's a solid player, and I think he'll yeah. make a big difference on the franchise, but he's no Isaiah Simmons. Um, yeah, I think I think they could have – Yeah, I think this could have gone uh, – if they – believe in Tyrod Taylor, just like you were saying, take BPA at six and then circle back to a quarterback later on. Keep your yeah, I mean, keep people, your day two picks. People give this guy flack. People give this guy flack. Tyrod Taylor is a playoff caliber quarterback, especially behind that defense. You know, you got a great secondary, phenomenal pass rush. You have Derwin James coming back. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think Herbert's a guy who's going to have to sit maybe a year anyways and develop. Um, kind of learn to move off of his first read. I think was one of his big issues at Oregon. So I feel like you could have gotten a developmental guy giving Tyrod the reins for another year or two, and then uh, really had something good going there. But they still got players at positions they needed, so uh, that's actually why I crossed them off. Uh, Moving into my number three, number three loser, I actually went with the Packers for a team that really wants to win now. They're in the NFC Championship, and 
they just did not draft like they're in win now mode. Yeah, they want uh, you know them. getting Jordan Love. Yeah, getting Jordan Love in late one. Uh, you know that's a good move. That's why we. I mean, questionable move, but that's why they were able to uh, stay competitive when Brett Favre left. So I mean, it's a strategy, and you, like it worked out for them in the past. So it's not that so much. It's just kind of what they did with the rest of their draft. Yeah, I mean, not picking um, a receiver from the entire yeah, draft. Jordan Love's not going to help now at 26. A.J. Dillon yeah, at the ridiculous. end of two. I mean, they just had Aaron Jones had a breakout year. Um, Jamal Williams is just a very, very competent backup. If he showed anything. I think they lost some pieces on the O-line um, that they didn't really replace. Yeah, they addressed uh, the deep, deep in the draft. But, again, those are just going to be depth players. I don't really see much from those guys stepping in in a win-now situation. And Yeah, I did, I did highlight that as, like, a silver lining to their draft, as I think that's kind of what I did. I, I highlighted, like, why I didn't like their draft and then kind of some redeemable qualities. I like that they went O-line late. I think they got really good players with uh, John Runyon and Jake Hansen. Both some good yeah. depth guys who could definitely develop into uh, decent starters, I think. Yeah, they're both just versatile linemen. You could swap around between guard, center. Uh, they'll just help out. But I don't see them really – if you want Aaron Rodgers to win and take you to the playoffs, you need instant contributors, and I don't think they really did that. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any of these skill positions really coming in and making a huge difference. Yeah, and even in round three, there's still super talented wide receivers on the board, and they went tight end, which was kind of Or even here. Josh Jones. Josh Jones at the end of two. Yeah, that's an instant I mean, contributor. that, that could have been an right yeah, instant contributor, slid right in, maybe even developed. Uh, who's our right tackle? I think it's Rick Wagner. Is that right? Uh, it was Brian Bulaga, but they lost him. No, yeah, they lost him to the Chargers. Right. I mean, they. I know they have a veteran there, but uh, he does have an injury history, and – I really don't know if that's – it's going to be a big drop-off from Brian Bulaga, and you don't have a yeah. young player in there to kind of supplement that. Yeah, they also lost um, that middle linebacker, uh, Blake Martinez. Right. Didn't really see them address that. They didn't address that to the fifth round, and it's like huh. – Yeah, especially with players like Malik, uh, Malik Harrison coming down the board. You know, yeah. there were a lot of talented linebackers there. Yeah, they went with Kamal uh, Martin, the linebacker from Minnesota. He's, he's a big guy, plays fast. Um, I don't know, not every day you see a fifth rounder fill in for a pretty talented Blake Martinez. So yeah, and then but moving yeah. on to my number two loser, I have the New Orleans Saints. Oh, um, limited yeah, picks. Yeah, I just yeah they. I mean, they only had four picks, so it's really hard to get some some big pieces there. But uh, yeah, Caesar Ruiz people. I feel kind of whack. Yeah, I mean, for they already have a very good young O line with Eric McCoy, Andres Pete. Um, you know, you got two of the best tackles in Teron Armstead and, and Ryan Ramchick. Probably the right. best tandem in the league, in my Probably opinion. Probably the best offensive line Maybe. in the league, too. Yeah, they compete with the Cowboys. Yeah, they're up there for um, sure. So, yeah, to just to go another inside lineman really surprised me, especially when I feel that they could have used another receiver or given Drew Brees some more weapons or even got one of these corners that was here in late one, like Jeff Gladney. Added yeah, I even secondary thought- that really, really caused a lot of problems. I even thought they could have gone with um, Jordan Love, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like that's what I'm thinking. You know, you're either you're either trying to um, bring in that quarterback and like maintain, or you're trying to make one last push and 
and uh, get Drew Brees the weapons he needs to really make a run at the Super Bowl. And I just don't yeah. feel like they really did either of those things. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, like they kind of panicked. I don't know. Just a weird, weird Yeah, pick. I mean, I think they got good value with uh, Zach Bond at 74 yeah. and Adam yeah. Troutman at 105. I like those picks. I think those guys will contribute. But, I mean, Cesar Ruiz maybe can slide in for one of your O-linemen. But uh, you already have a great O-line, so that kind of confused me. Yeah. So, yeah, we already went through my my uh, my number two is the Packers. Um, oh, like nice. We, like, like we touched on, I just don't think they really really helped out Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers probably kind of pissed off after that draft. I think the front office really did many justices, really. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, fun fact, it was it was the first offensive skill position they've taken in the first round since Aaron Rodgers 15 years ago. With Doug's Jordan Love? Yeah, it was Jordan Love. Jesus. <laughs> they've I mean, not I'm given trying... that guy a first-rounder in years. I'm trying to think who their starting receivers are. They've got Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams and Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, one of those tall. I know. That's why it really surprised me, especially because they love those jump ball targets, and T. Higgins was was on the board just and an instead, elite jump ball target. Instead, they're like, no, we need a running back. We need this A.J. Dillon guy. That's a tough tough draft for the Packers. And I, I have a feeling that you and I have the same number one loser in the draft. Uh, we already touched on mine as well, actually. Oh, did we really? Yeah, I went, on, I went Texans. I just really think they botched it. Oh, I, I mean, I agree with that. So I went Texans just because, like we said, based off the offseason they had, losing Hopkins, they lost DJ Reader, lost Barkevis Mingo, they lost some big players. And then the draft rolls around and they take a D-tackle, which is good, Ross Blacklock, the D-tackle on TCO, he's a good player. They kind of addressed Mingo, might be able to get us his replacement, Jonathan Greenard out of Florida. I know you loved him. I did. I did love Jonathan Greenard. But, um, those Florida I, guys. Yeah, he had a lot of criticism. Um, a lot of people were saying that he doesn't have great closing speed. And then I was just looking back on his combine. He had a pretty slow 40. So I guess I could see the, the link. Um, yeah, he's, he's limited. Yeah, but he's a nice power uh, definitely not. Definitely not someone who's going to come in and start right away, which – it's kind of what they needed, you know, after trading away a lot of their roster. Yeah. yeah it, I think I, the reason think... I, I didn't have Texans higher up in my losers rating was because uh, I tried to I tried to focus on, like, the players they drafted and rather than the whole offseason. Because once, once you factor in the whole offseason, Texans are probably the biggest loser of the bunch. You oh, know, yeah. Or, like, even this season, you know, they traded away Jadavion. They traded away New Hopkins. Yeah, they got they, back a, a damaged thirty-year-old <laughs> David Johnson and and Brandon Cooks on the same contract as Nuke. So I mean, yeah, they did everything they could the, just just to dig themselves a deeper hole. Yeah, I mean, and the draft definitely didn't do them any favors. They didn't even have much to begin with in that draft after the Laramie Tunzel trade. I mean, I might be able to take a uh, I might be able to take a guess at who your number one loser is, but we'll see. Uh, I would think right, you take, maybe take went hack at it. Maybe went Eagles. I did. I did go Philly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking them. I had them jotted down in my two spot. And then I started justifying some of their moves. And I was like, I don't know. It got kind of dicey. Yeah, I just I just couldn't do it. Um, I started ju- – I justified a little bit of their later moves. But, man. Uh, so, I, I saw from a source that the Eagles said the questions while drafting were, can he run? Is he healthy? 
and does he love the game? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> seeing a question that says, is he talented? Is do, he we good need this pl- do we need this player on our team right now? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, going Jalen Rieger when someone like Justin Jefferson is on the board is – I mean, the league is shifting that way, but I think Jalen Rieger struggles a lot with drops. Yeah, he's uh, good when he's got the ball in his hands. He's a, he's a great runner, but uh, when you have someone like Justin Jefferson, he's, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it would have been different if they're looking for speed, right? But Justin Jefferson ran a four four three and shows great agility. So, I mean, it's what, not Rieger like – What, run a four three something? I think he ran a like four six of the combine. But oh, yeah, he was like super slow. Three. Yeah, because he, he put on like that 20 later. pounds – He's looking thick yeah. at the combine. Yeah, I mean, you could you could see it on the tape though. He's probably got four three speed. Yeah, he but I fast. mean, I just think he's not the technician that Justin Jefferson is. He doesn't have the hands, doesn't have the physicality, and Justin Jefferson isn't slow or anything. I thought it was their dream scenario, you know, landing Justin Jefferson like oh wow he fell. Faded. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, boom, Jalen Rager. Yeah, and then round two comes down. How Rosen's like fooled you guys in round one? Watch me do it again in round two. Yeah, man, he really he really got us. I saw the uh, um, there's a play from the season where Jalen Hurts runs the Philly special, you know, the reverse <laughs> quarterback pass. I bet yeah. Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson were just licking their lips at that tape. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you telling me we got a guy. backup quarterback? <laughs> backup quarterback is going to catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Sign me up. I mean, it might, it might be good to just kind of shore up Carson. You know, a lot of those running plays. I think Jalen Hurts is a little more talented than Carson Wentz as a runner, a lot more durable. So maybe maybe that's the plan in some of those RPOs to just throw Jalen Hurts out there. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're going. But well, I hope like, they but, find a way to use this guy. Yeah, it's just a weird pick because if you have an established starter in Carson Wentz. He's not going anywhere. He's a franchise quarterback. You build your team around a guy like that. Um, and when you take yeah, that's, Jalen that's Hurts in also, there, I had a, I had Jalen Hurts as a as a loser along with the Eagles. Just because, you know, this, this guy is someone who obviously he's, – he's a developmental guy, but I think he's someone – great character, good love of the game, really practices. Uh, he, he made a lot of strides in his mechanics, actually. I was surprised. Um, so, I mean, it's someone, like, I think that could probably win some games for you pretty early on rather than later. And he's sitting behind, like, a 26-year-old MVP candidate who's on a four-year, hundred-and-something million-dollar yeah. contract. Yeah, you know, that. so I was kind of sad to see that because I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I would like to see Jalen Hurts go somewhere else where he can compete for that job. Because yeah, main maybe thing Pittsburgh is, or main thing he is, is just came with a shorter timeline. Yeah, he's just a competitor. Like he's gonna fight to get the to win the job. And when you have an established starter like Carson, your front office isn't gonna budge on that. They're gonna keep Carson, even if let's say Jalen Hurts just comes out and starts lighting up training camp. You're still gonna keep yeah. Carson in there. Yeah, I mean. I guess the only silver lining really is is that Carson does have an injury history, so Jalen might get to see some time, and the Eagles really back themselves up. Some of the picks I did like, though, I really liked the Quez Watkins pick and the oh, Prince Tega. Yeah, those those were yeah. sixth rounders, and I just I thought Prince those Tega were great fell. picks. The value, yeah, I mean nice. that's that's someone, especially losing Jason Peters and and his backup. Um, that's someone who could really add some depth to the O line, and then oh, Quez yes. just has. Quez has that speed they're looking for, a little more length than Jalen Rieger. Um, could definitely stretch the field. They doubled down at wideout. They also got uh, John Hightower out of Boise State. Right, right. Uh, not as polished, but he's super quick, super fast guy. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely adding some pieces to their receiver room. 
Yeah, they're we'll trying see to get the right ones. <laughs> now they've got, let's see, Deshaun Jackson. They've now got Jalen Rieger, John Hightower, Quez Watkins. Um, I mean, Miles Sanders is not, not a burner, but he's athletic running back. So they definitely got a lot faster this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely we'll definitely see if that worked out for them. Um, moving on to some of the winners, if we want to touch yeah. on a couple honorable mentions, I had Indy just just in the honorable mentions. It was just Chris uh, Ballard took, being Chris Ballard. Took our favorite player in the draft too. Absolutely snaked <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, that too, <laughs> Michael Pittman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I really love what they're doing. Jonathan Taylor too, someone who can contribute. Um, some of the picks were were little head scratchers because they already had players at those positions. But I mean, they traded they traded and got a ton of capital, and I think they got some hits in there. Um, another yeah. honorable mention I had was the Cardinals. I just think they did really well with getting exceptional value. I yeah, mean, Isaiah like, Simmons at eight. That was later than any of the mocks I had seen. Uh, Josh Jones in the third round. You know Benjamin. Uh, you know. Seven. Yeah, you know Benjamin in seven. I think is someone who's going to produce big in that offense. Great pass catcher, really quick guy. Lecky Foku, I had him as uh, my top true nose tackle in the draft. So I mean, for that three-four scheme with Chandler Jones, could be yeah, a I big got some time. I got some time to watch him film on him. Holy cow, he's six five, three thirty, and he can move. He's pretty athletic. Yeah, up there. he's just a man eater. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has some surprising athleticism. Yeah, especially for he's like a Vita Vea. Reminds me a lot of Vita Vea. It's a big guy's gonna stop the middle of the field, push the pocket. Except right. he's probably a little more athletic than Vita Vea, but similar similar playing style where they're just gonna eat up the double team, eat up the, the middle of the field, which would be nice. Yeah, he reminded me a lot actually of a former Jets D tackle, Snacks Harrison. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just the way he plays. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's not an elite pass rusher, but, you know, he's got good athleticism, really strong inside against the run. So that's what you need to shore up that offense. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to help a lot for uh, Isaiah Wolf, Simmons. Yeah, it's going to help big time for right. Isaiah Simmons because imagine freeing up an extra blocker and let Isaiah Simmons right. come flying in. That's the perfect, perfect pair in my opinion. You know, you got a guy who's just going to eat double teams and hold the line while you have Isaiah Simmons playing in space and coming downhill and making plays. So. I think those yeah. two will add a big, big boost to this defense. Yeah, I, I had a I actually had the Cardinals as my number three winner of this, uh, this draft just based on the value they got. Josh Jones in two or in three, Isaiah Simmons at eight, Lecky at four, round four. I like the DM they got in round four as well, Richard Lawrence from LSU. He's just a right, good, just another big guy on the line. Yeah, big guy, high character player. I think he's going to bring a lot to the locker room. And I think the Cardinals are still in that phase where they need young guys who are going to help mold the culture. So bringing him in is pretty helpful. And then uh, they went with a pretty high-ranked inside linebacker round six, Evan Weaver from Cal. Right. A lot, a lot of people had him not high, but a draftable grade. And a lot of people said he'd be a contributor on special teams. And uh, he's one of those guys that's just a high-effort, high-motor guy, that kind of like a Blake Cashman to last year to the Jets. So I think – I think he'll be he'll make the fifty three man. He'll contribute on special teams. Not sure he's going to light it up, but he'll be there. And then yeah, like we said, yeah, definitely round definitely seven. Great depth. Uh, yeah, that's one of my up. favorite picks in the draft, actually. Yeah, I back just in think the he's come in. Great pass catching ability. Uh, you know, he didn't run the fastest forty, but neither did guys like Alvin Kamara, 
Le'Veon Bell. Um, they just yeah. really show good burst, good yeah, vision, what you like to see great from hands. Eno is that he's got that like that gear that can just trip trick once he passes that uh, the linebackers, and you just see him take. Yeah, off. I mean, and I I I think he's got pretty good pass blocking chops too. So uh, he's just someone who's really going to excel in in that Cliff Kingsbury offense, and also just a guy, great story, gets to stay. Uh, stay at home. He actually has like yeah. an apparel brand that's uh, Tucson's most hated. Yeah, that's funny <laughs> because he played for ASU. So just cool that he gets to stay uh, in a state where he's already got some fans going for him. Yeah, I was surprised he fell to round seven because, uh, like, I know a lot of boards had him mocked in like round four, round five, like the latest. Yeah, I definitely had like a third, fourth round grade of him. Um, he was ranked for me at least a little bit below. Uh, Cam Akers, um, guys like that. I just really loved his versatility. Um, I think he went to a great scheme to maximize that, so uh, I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's he's, he's got going behind a, a pretty injury prone Kenyon Drake too, so it's not like him seeing not seeing the fields possible. So yeah, I mean they Drake. they really like to get get players involved over there too. Um, Cliff's a pretty creative guy. Kenyon was on the field last year. Chase Edmonds was on the field. I'm sure. Uh, this way we can keep Kenyon Drake healthy, get some touches for Eno. So I think it will really work out out in the desert for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I had them at three. I think they had a good, good option. Uh, and so my number three. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you could count that as draft, I guess their second round pick was DeAndre Hopkins. Right. So I was, that's right. <laughs> I, had, about that. I scheduled that in. Uh, they used that second pick. They basically shipped off David Johnson, who they replaced with Eno Benjamin. Not, obviously not a straight up replacement, but. Yeah, I mean, I really like it. They added a couple couple nice pieces on the defense, and I think this offense next year is just going to explode as Kyler gets a little more comfortable. Um, some of these gadget guys get to really go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch for sure, especially in that division, you know, with the Niners and uh, the Seahawks to really see how they, they get going. And the Rams, there's going to be some serious offense going on. Um, right, so, yeah, my three. number three, actually, uh, I had Tua – uh, along with the rest of Miami, you know, I'm just really happy it worked out for Tua. Um, yeah. After all those, you know, rumors about his medical that he's going to fall is even a first round pick. Um, I hope he stays healthy. Um, that's why I had him specifically. Is I think Miami really showed their interest in protecting him, uh, taking guys like Austin Jackson in one, Robert Hunt in early two, Solomon Kinley, uh, Blake Ferguson really late. So I mean, I think those guys they really shored up the O line. Um, I like a lot of the guys they got, so they're they're protecting their man. Um, he's coming into an offense with some some decent weapons going on. They traded for Matt Breida. Uh, oh. Matt Breida and Jordan Howard's a nice one-two punch. You got Mike Gusecki. Devontae Parker, maybe he can finally put it together with two at the helm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson are just great speedsters. So I'm really excited for this team who, who ha- like just was able to get five wins last year with a super depleted roster. I mean, it really goes to show they love playing for Brian Flores. Um, yeah, I think him and Joe could do some could do some great things out there in Miami, especially in a time. Uh, unfortunate to say it as a Jets fan, but especially in a time where that <laughs> division is really going to be looking for a new uh, a new top dog. Yeah, the doors are wide open in, in the AFC East, and uh, yeah, it's going to be Dolph- a fun run to watch. Dolphins definitely have a head start. They got a lot of young players. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be cool to see them develop and really uh, see if they can emerge as. 
as the next uh, dynasty in that in that division. Even though I hope uh, I hope it's the New York <laughs> dynasty up there. But yeah. it's but, funny because uh, I'm I'm happy to see Tua succeed. Yeah, last year, little little later than like after this time when uh, Dolphins shipped off Minka, everyone's like, "What? What are you guys doing?" And then they traded someone else that was big. Laramie. Laramie. Laramie, Laramie Tunzel, yeah. Shipped him off, and everyone's like, okay, Dolphins, you're just going to suck for the next 10 years. And then they come back and have a great offseason, have a great draft, and they're right back in the mix. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's why that's actually why I only had them at number three. Um, because, I like, some of those moves, <laughs> those trades, I mean, that's Laramie Tunzel. You're swapping him out for Austin – or no – Minka Fitzpatrick for Austin Jackson and uh, right. Laramie Tunzel for this for this new corner, Noah – I don't know Bobby. how to say his name. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so you, you just kind of swapped players there, got a little younger. Um, hopefully yeah. those guys pan out and it looks like a good trade down the road. But a little scary, you know. It would have been a lot cooler to see Tua come in and have Laramie on his blind side and, you know, keep Minka just free roam in the back of that defense. Yeah, that's why I didn't have the Dolphins on my top three, just because I think the players that they traded and the players that got back in return from those picks just didn't really compare. But I think they got good players, just aren't comparable to the players you got. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to highlight Tua more than Miami as a team. But uh, yeah, no, Tua's landed in a great spot. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for him. All right. Um, the number you got two, I got, I got Minnesota. I think oh, yeah, they absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they traded away Stephon Diggs, but they got a ton of capital back. Added Justin Jefferson. You know, he might not be Stephon Diggs right out of the gate, but ser- someone who has serious potential to kind of match that production. And yeah. he's also not getting paid a ridiculous amount of money and still complaining that he's not getting paid enough. Um, so, really happy. I think I gave him a little boost because they took a couple of my favorite players in the draft. Um, Cam Dantzler, really like mm-hmm. him as a lengthy, rangy corner. Uh, fits great in that Minnesota scheme and the mold of Xavier Rhodes. So, I mean, that's exciting to see. James Lynch, D-tackle out of Baylor at 130. Um, I think he's a really high-character guy. One of those those next mold of just uh, really athletic DND tackle mixes, kind of like Taven Bryan or – or even not a comparison, but maybe a ceiling J.J. Watt. Uh, you know, just that mold of just lengthy, tough, strong, good burst as soon as they see that quarterback in their sights. Um, and then yeah. my, one of my favorite players in the draft, Kenny Willekes. I think that's great. Um, with the departure of Everson Griffin, I'm hoping that guy gets some reps and gets to uh, really show. You know, I, I don't want to root against this guy. This guy came in as a walk-on to uh, Michigan State and just absolutely produced out there. Came to the Senior Bowl as, as, as a late uh, invite. Crushed it. I think he had the most sacks and pressures um, in the Senior Bowl. So, I mean, definitely don't root against this guy. Yeah, he's just a good guy. I remember I saw a video he posted because um, a bunch of scouts came out and they were like, Kenny Wilkes, not athletic enough. Kenny Wilkes, not, not big enough, not strong enough, none of range. And then he posted a video and he's like, you protect basically every weakness that has been – attached to his name and he proves each one wrong so it's like not athletic enough and there's like a back handspring into a like a backflip or something crazy and it's like not strong enough and he does some crazy workout and not fast enough and he runs some extreme 40 so i like his attitude i like yeah. the character 
I like the chip on the shoulder that he's bringing to that defense. Um, and he's sliding yeah, into a defense that doesn't really need him. Like he, he's coming into a situation that he's going to be able to sit back, learn, take his time as a rookie, and not really be rushed into that role where you're kind of instantly under the pressure. Yeah, I mean, he gets to take some great rotational reps, uh, learn from, like, sack artists like Daniil Hunter, um, how to get after it, play with an aggressive defense. So I think uh, I'm hoping he makes the roster and really performs. I'm really rooting for this guy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, for my number two, uh, I had the Cowboys. The Cowboys had a, nice. a fantastic draft. They uh, they came into the draft losing Byron Jones. Obviously, that was a big loss. They lost Robert Quinn and Randall Cobb. So they had some some people to make up for, and I think they did just that. Uh, in the first round, they went CeeDee Lamb, who is just an absolute machine from Oklahoma. Big, tall, fast. Uh, he's going to do a lot of good things, especially when you look at that receiver core now. You got Amari Cooper on the outside. You got CeeDee Lamb on the other outside, and you got Michael Gallup working on the inside. Definitely gives Dak a lot of, a lot of weapons to choose from, and then obviously you have well, – a great, a great running back. Actually, I think they're going to get CD some work in the slot. Last year, he had 14 touchdowns. Seven came from the outside. Seven came from the inside. So I think they're just going to let that guy go to work, catch those tough passes over the middle. Yeah, I mean, when you look at all three of those receivers, all three could technically play in the slot. Michael Gallup can play in the slot. Mark Cooper can fit in the slot. CD can fit in the slot. So that's going to be a tough. Yeah, offense. I mean, it's just a lot of versatility. It's really great. You have you have your best receivers running their best routes every play because all three of those guys can run routes out of any of those positions. Yeah, that offense was um, good, and it definitely just got better. And then uh, round two, they attacked I, – who I thought was one of the top corners. Everyone thought he was going first round. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, just an insane athlete. Um, he's converted wide receiver from corner or into corner, so he definitely needs some time to develop. But luckily, he lands in a place that is going to give him that time. So even though they lost Byron Jones, they still have Chidobe. They still have – uh, your Jordan favorite guy, Lewis, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown. They just resigned, so they still have time uh, to develop Trayvon Diggs. And I think giving him time and his athletic traits, he's going to develop into a pretty sound starter for them. Yeah, I mean they have a really good uh, DB coach, DB staff out there. Um, Trayvon Diggs as a pick actually reminds me of Byron Jones. Um, yeah, you know, his tape looked a little limited, but just showed athletic. elite athleticism. So, yeah. so maybe he can take that same path, get that same uh, development from someone who really knows how to work with those kind of guys. So that's something yeah. I'm looking forward to. And then, and then shoring up, it, shoring up the O line with Biades. Yeah, I've got deeper. Are you kidding me? Is I mean, it's a boomer bust pick in round four, um, but I think you got to take the risk in round four. I think it's worth it. He was I mean, yeah, he, talent. he had that injury. Yeah, the injury, but yeah, he's a round one technician, you know? So uh, you already have some players there to kind of replace Travis. Well, not replace, but at least fill that spot. So, I mean, take a swing at Biades and see if he can be that guy to come in and start the next 10 seasons at center for you. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Travis retired, that hurt the O-line for sure, but I think Brandon Tyler fills that gap a little bit at least. Yeah, I mean, playing playing next to a guy like Zach Martin, (laughs) that's going to make any center look pretty good. I mean, they so they drafted two players that I had, and I think a lot of people had super high rated, um, but they fell big time just because of this whole Corona thing that teams weren't able to meet with these guys and see how they were performing and see how they would do it at pro day and see how they do it at medicals and like Tyler. And then the next pick, round five, they got Bradley Anne, which was a huge steal in my opinion. Um, 
a lot of teams couldn't bring him in to work out, but he had a pretty bust of a combine for a shorter guy, uh, a little thicker. He ran a four nine three, so I think a lot of teams have got turned off by that. But I'm, you're not going to see a defensive end run a four yard dash too often, so I don't think the forty yard time is too crucial. But obviously he fell, so he fell in the fifth round. A lot of teams had him, a lot of mocks had him going in second round, third round, latest, and yeah, I mean, five. Uh, he's a guy. I mean, yeah, he ran a four nine three. But he plays with a lot of power, a lot of burst. I think he's got decent flexibility, more so than he's given credit for. So um, I was actually – I thought not taking Clavon Chase on in the first round was a bad move. But then at the end of the draft, when they circled back, took Bradley and A. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you got me a little juiced about this one. This is my number one winner <laughs> of the draft, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, I had them actually dominating this thing. So all they yeah, need they to do now it. is just re-sign Dak. So we'll see if that happens. Oh, they – so – I was just reviewing their uh, their draft. They got a guy named Reggie Robinson out of Tulsa corner. That dude has some potential. I did not know that. He was so I, – I didn't even really have him, like, scout him too much. Big guy, 6'1", ran a 4'4", put up 22 reps on bench. I mean, could potentially switch over to safety if they don't really need the depth at corner because they have a pretty good depth now with uh, Trayvon Diggs. So I could see them adding Reggie to switch over to safety and letting him roam. Big, fast guy, strong, good tackler. Yeah, I mean, that DB room over there uh, has a lot of good guys in it, a lot of uh, big athletic guys, so they really maximize their potential. So um, I could easily see them continuing to just max those guys out and really get the best out of them. All right, well, I'm shocked you didn't have these guys in your board. Um, they had an excellent draft. You can probably guess. Starts in the uh, R. I don't know. <laughs> ends in Avens. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I don't, right. Yeah, dude, I, I probably had them as my number one, too. I just yeah, got juiced shocked. About, about the Cowboys <laughs> when I started looking through the Cowboys picks and got juiced. But, yeah, watching that draft live, dude, I was like, you were you were there with me, dude. I was a huge fan of all these Ravens picks. I mean, they did not miss a pick the entire draft. I thought every single one of those guys that drafted was probably going to contribute in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, contribute to the already 14-2. and two Yeah, Ravens. that's what I'm saying. Like They uprooted yeah. all the weaknesses, so – uh, a little background, they lost Marshall Yonda. That was a big one. They lost uh, Michael Pierce. That's another big one. They lost – and then they lost Patrick Anglosaur, who wasn't a big one, but they already didn't have much depth in middle linebacker after losing C.J. Mosley. Yeah, so definitely, they needed, a, definitely a key contributor. Yeah, so round one comes around, they just pick Patrick Queen, middle linebacker one on pretty much everyone's board. Just a super athletic linebacker from LSU can play sideline to sideline, great in coverage, really good guy in the locker room. Uh, I think he's going to slide right in there at middle linebacker one for the Ravens. Uh, round two came around, and they address another need. I mean, it's not really a need, but they're just building for the future. J.K. Dobbins, and I've learned from Mark Ingram. Uh, I think J.K. is a great running back from Ohio State, and I think he's going to – I think he'll get reps. I don't know how many reps, but yeah. – Yeah, man, this, this was like the number one uh... – rush offense in the NFL yeah you're gonna have a really special backfield going for it I mean having Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins on your team for the next Mark Ingram five years minimum um that's just gonna be a really special team going forward and and then round three came around they got Justin I don't I feel bad saying his last name but Justin Matabuki Matabuki yeah the guy from A&M uh big guy not gonna fill in for Michael Pierce he'll try big shoes to fill uh, I think he's a good D tackle, 
will, will definitely help. But they brought in Class Campbell. So I think uh, I think Justin's not going to be thrown right into the fire. I think he'll be able to sit back, learn, get reps. Yeah, Justin, Justin I had as my uh, my top five D tackles. I think he's a, a big impact player. Um, I think he'll definitely – working on a D line with guys like Calais Campbell is definitely going to um, – let this guy make some plays in the rotation. You know, you're going to have a lot of your O-line focus and attention on that. Um, kind of get this guy, let him do some pass rushing yeah. Um, yeah, as he I improves against awesome. the run. Definitely could develop all these guys. You kind of nailed it. I don't know why I didn't have them. All these guys could develop into good starters. And then, yeah, the round three, then with one of our favorite receivers and your favorite inside linebacker, Devin Duvernay from Texas. Just a <laughs> yep. phenomenal yep. wide receiver. Uh, Devin Duvernay, super athletic. In yeah, incredible hands. great hands yeah. incredible hands and fast i don't think i like saw a drop on that guy's tape yeah he ran like a 4-3 super quick and then right after that they double down inside linebacker get malik harrison the dude you love yeah i think i yeah, i did love malik harrison i was surprised he was still on the board when they picked him yeah. um i think that's almost the perfect tandem at middle linebacker uh you know you're gonna have patrick queen he's real rangy sideline to sideline little bit of a smaller guy i think he's on under 230 pounds um but elite quickness great against the pass then you bring in a guy like malik harrison who's just a punch you in the mouth middle he linebacker thumper dude that guy's huge ray lewis was this kid's hero um yeah and he plays like it so i mean uh you're bringing in a real road grader without sacrificing the athleticism mind you i think he ran a four six at the combine so you're not yeah, really sacrificing quick. any athleticism. He's 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 great. Yeah, Maybe he, not he's exceptional he's against the pass, but and hits like a Mack truck. No. Yeah, the, he's gonna this this tandem is gonna be the uh, the starting inside linebacker duo for the next four years, and I think they're just gonna At play least. off each other really well. Um, yeah. You know, you have Patrick Queen. He can go out there and bring that run back inside, kind of set the edge, and then you just have Malik Harrison cleaning it up. So it's gonna be fun to watch. They also got the old tackle from Mississippi State, Tyree Phillips, who is a gigantor. That guy is huge at old tackle. Uh, I was watching him go against A&M, and he's just a mauler. Big guy, strong, pretty active with his feet. Uh, like I saw in round four, they double down at O-line. They get Ben Bredson from Michigan. Uh, not the best guy yeah, I was, to get. I was a big fan of his, uh, his tough style of play. Like I said, they, they got durable. the number one rush, the number one rush offense in the league. You know, so some of these old linemen could get involved early that might not be as developed in the pass pro. Um, yeah. But you know what, <laughs> Lamar Jackson can get out of there. So as long as you whiff on you the pass and get down and start blocking for the, <laughs> start blocking for Lamar Jackson after he gets out of the pocket, um, yeah, you, you know, know all might be forgiven. So uh, I think they got some yeah. guys who could get involved early. Now I think to finish off the draft, great. Uh, getting James Prochet from SMU, a little wide receiver. Pretty similar to Duvernay. Smaller guy, quick, good hands. But, man, he's bringing a chip on his shoulder. I saw some posts. He is yeah, I think, ready to uh, go. He's fired up. I think I saw some stats that Proche and Duvernay were both in the top three for catch rate. Yeah, I don't doubt Don't it. quote me on that, Those but I'm, awesome. I think I saw that stat. Those guys do not drop, pa- drop passes. They're just adding some guys for Lamar Jackson to get the ball to um, when he's not rushing for 150 yards. And they're added to a pretty depleted wide receiver core. I mean, they didn't really come in with a great – I mean, they drafted Marquise Brown last year, who's awesome. But aside from yeah, that, I mean, I really like the, uh, I like the young guys they have on this roster now. You know, you got guys like Miles Boykin, um, yeah. really athletic, big physical guy. 
It kind of just brings some balance to the group. Uh, Devin Duvernay might not be the biggest, but still, I think, pretty physical, very athletic, um, phenomenal hands. So, I mean, you're really adding to this receiver room. Probably, I don't even know if I'd call it a weakness, but one of their weakest positional groups, and you really fortified that. So, this team's going to be scary to watch uh, next year, yeah. assuming that there's yeah, a think, season, hopefully. <laughs> I think one thing that uh, I would like to see them get is a tight end. But Why? Well, I mean, they just traded away Hayden Hurst because they have, they have too many tight ends. They have Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews. Uh, Nick O'Leary. Or- yeah, just a late round third flyer. Boyle, like something, one. something Boyle. Nick yeah, Boyle. dude, they haven't. Uh, yeah, Nick Boyle. Maybe not Nick O'Leary, Nick Boyle. But yeah, I mean, Hayden Hurst wasn't getting any reps. Um, maybe yeah. they could bring in an undrafted guy or pick up a vet in free agency, kind of fortify that. But yeah, if they would have brought um, like Thaddeus Moss in round seven. Oh man, that team would have been disgusting. Man, yeah, big whip not having them on my list. <laughs> Yeah, I, saw so I, them too. I feel like I was ready to go. I was ready to go. One, two, three. Ravens. You would have just well, said I'm Cowboys. Flush yeah. over here, dude. I'm, I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been hey, awkward. Yeah. This is a huge brain fart. Especially um, we were just chatting them up yesterday, hyping them up. Jesus, yeah, dude, I mean Ravens. the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing is like right before I sat down to make my list, I was like, man, the Ravens just absolutely knocked it out of the park. And then uh, it wasn't that they did bad. I just. I, I was, like, so sure that I was putting the Ravens on my list that I was like, oh, i got to fill out the rest of this thing and just kind of overlooked them because I thought they were surefire on this list. I was like, man, who else am I going to put on here? No one else killed it like that. Um, and then yeah. I was looking through draft picks and got real juice about Minnesota and the Cowboys. But, yeah, the Ravens uh, are showing really that they're going strong without Ozzie Newsome. So that's something that's very encouraging to see um, that team continue to, to make good strides and great selections. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting, no doubt. Um, right Should we, re- we review these review these beers that we've been been uh, sipping on? Well, the uh, the eight of five was big hit. I've been drinking these since I went to slow, so I've always been a fan of these. Um, if you're ever in the area, I think they sell them all over the place now. But it's a nice light beer, um, super smooth, got good color to it. If you're ever looking for a nice summer beer, uh, and you don't want to drink a little shandy or whatever. Higgs drinking. Um, I would definitely suggest that. Yeah, easy, easy, yeah. Chief. Uh, I'll have you know my shandy was was quite nice. Uh, you know, the Guava Dia by Golden Road. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised. Um, the mango cart and the melon cart both have really strong flavors. I know Guava as a fruit is just kind of a little more chill as a flavor. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. you know, uh, this one was actually, I think, nicer than the uh, – the mango cart or the melon cart, a little more refreshing, not as sharp, which I liked. Uh, great poolside beer. Um, you know, you're not going to be, I don't know if you'd be tossing these back at the bar. Might be a little <laughs> embarrassed to order one. You know, great, definitely great beer. Share it with your girlfriend. Have <laughs> <laughs> common interests. Can have um, with your show her drink, <laughs> Yeah, show her the drinking spoon too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's nice and light. Great for, great for a poolside. Unfortunately, we don't have yeah. that over here. Great to go yeah. outdoors by the beach. <laughs> Thank you, Rona. Also, don't have that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hopefully, things will start looking up soon and we can start taking these golden roads on the road. Yeah, I like that. All right. So, uh, I think next episode, we are going to dive into uh, draft grades for each division. Um, obviously, Hig and I are big Jets fans. So, we'll probably start off with the AFC East and just go down the order. Uh, I think each team – 
has a pretty definitive draft grade, so it'd be fun to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking going, looking forward to going through these. I mean, uh, this draft I got, I've gotten to watch a lot of tape. You know, all this time in quarantine, get to really yeah. take a deep dive. So I'm excited to kind of go through these grades, uh, really see where they fit on these teams. You know, there are a lot of picks that I really liked the value and the selection, but you know, going to that team might not be the best scheme fit for them. So uh, it'll be interesting to really take a look at those. Um, hopefully some action happens in the NFL or any sport <laughs> that we yeah. can go over pretty soon in the upcoming episodes. Uh, we all got fingers crossed. We're just hoping that football season doesn't get pushed right now. So yeah. <laughs> keep your prayers up for that one. Dying on the agenda right now is, Big Dana White for the UFC is trying to just push an island. He bought an island. Yeah, that fight, fight island. Push, he's just pushing for it hard. We yeah, might dude, some the, some of those fights look really good at uh, UFC 249. We might have to do a preview for uh, yeah, that fight epic. card in the next couple episodes because <laughs> they're yeah. just throwing everyone everyone who's down to fight. He's like, all right, <laughs> hop on. But, I mean, I get it. Dude. This was the, uh, the, most, the most watched NFL draft in the televised draft hits history. So yeah, I saw that. Dana I mean, these, it up. <laughs> yeah, I bet Dana's trying to get every penny out of that, uh, that pay-per-view with uh, uh, everyone's really lacking, really lacking some sports right now. So that'd be great to see, uh, great to get everyone back on the sports grant. Yeah. I guess, uh, also big shout out to all the frontline medical workers and the, uh, all the essential workers, you know, who are going out there, um, stay safe. We appreciate everything you're doing. I think a lot of times those kind of workers are taken for granted just because they're always there and uh, you don't think about it, but um, you know, we'd be in a real tight spot if a lot of those workers just stopped showing up. So thanks for going out there and risking it. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope you come back. Hope you listen some more, Uh, you know, feel free to hit us up with any kind of things you think would be great to talk about on the show. Uh, We'll give you a shout out, maybe even call you, call you uh, to talk about some topics, you know, Uh, we really want people to get involved. You know, we're just, average joes we're not sports writers we're not anything we both do other things so uh we're just big sports fans so we want to share that with all the other big sports fans around everywhere all right cool and yeah feel free to hit the uh, subscribe button guys because it'd be awesome to get you guys tuning in every week but until next time bye to go